This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Welcome back to the show. I'm here today with Barbara Fernandez, and she is an amazing raw rocking chef. And when we say rocking, she used to be a rock star or rock singer. And, uh, but now she's a star in the kitchen producing amazing recipes that are healthy and tasty. And she helps other people do that in their lives uh, and use that to overcome uh, their depression or other issues that are going on so they can be healthy and full of energy and vibrant. Wouldn't we all like to be that in our businesses? So what is coming up in today's episode is how can you pick food using your intuition so you can be more healthy and have more energy during your workday? And we'll look at what would it take to be healthy today, how you can bless your food to shift its vibration and make it more compatible to you, and also why the words you speak during cooking are so important to making healthy food. And here's one that I didn't know, why you should not talk while you eat. That could be a bit of a uh, mind blower for some people. Uh, how gratitude rituals help food taste better and be healthier. Um, how old emotions may come up when you're, you start eating clean food for the first time in your life. How to have amazing digestion. Uh, we'll also look at ego eating versus body eating. Foods that help you improve your intuition and psychic abilities. Foods you must avoid if you want to have excellent business intuition and what to do if after eating all this healthy food, you end up too sensitive to the energy around you and you can't deal with it anymore. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm psyched to be here. It's going to be fun. Yes. So <laughs> I, I'm curious, how do you pick food using your intuition? You know, if either if you're at home and you're deciding what to, to make or you're out in a restaurant. Um, well, I just I just listen to I just listen to myself. I mean, I've been I've been doing it for quite a while now. I know that one thing I tend to avoid is food that has the same shape as all the other foods around it. You know, if you go to some supermarkets and you see the apples are all the same size, like I tend to not go for those. Um, yeah, I yeah. usually... Are you talking just, about the the, uh, the super perfect apples we get at the supermarket as opposed yes. to the slightly ugly, more natural one? Yes. You might get at yes. a farmer's market? Yeah. I mean, you know, not everybody has a farmer's market around the corner, but certainly I definitely go for organic whenever possible. And I just, I just listen to my, to my body to see what I want. I mean, you mentioned something interesting about, about picking food when we were talking about it earlier about passing your hand over food, right? Yeah. I mean, if there's a selection of food, suppose there's a buffet, um, you know, I'll just ask my hand, which what food here is going to bring me health now. And that may be a different answer every day. Yeah, uh, and I then agree, I yeah. run it, and it may be, you know, it might be there. Are, there are some bananas, you know, there one morning, and they're particularly vibrant and healthy bananas, and the other day there are some that have been coated in pesticide and were beaten for a living before they arrived on the table. Yeah. And you know, I may get a different answer, even though they're both bananas. 
or my yeah. body is different and it needs some potassium or whatever else is in the banana that my body's looking for. So yeah, I'll just rub my hand over it and where I feel the energy shift, that's the food I would pick. And I'll take that a step further. If I'm in a restaurant, I'll run my finger down the menu with my eyes closed and see where they, my finger wants to stop. You know, when I've asked the question, what will it take to eat healthy food today? Something my body will make my body healthy today. And sometimes it surprises me, you know, it's not necessarily quotes the healthy choice food that my body wants for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's deficient in some mineral or vitamin. Exactly. Yeah. uh, That's what I I do. But how do you notice with your body that, you know, something's good for you intuitively? I just, I guess I've been doing it for so long. It's, it's like, I know that if I eat certain foods, then I'll feel really good. And if I eat other foods, I won't feel so good. So for example, bread, ugh, even if it's gluten-free, I know that I'm not going to feel as good as if I don't eat it. So I might choose to eat it sometimes. And if I do choose to eat it, then I will eat it happily <laughs> uh, because, you know, it's really important to be, to be happy and grateful for what you're eating. But I just check in with, yeah, how I feel physically, because I think we've all had those days where we, we, we eat something, make a spur of the moment decision. And then we kind of, we know it's not the best decision and we kind of regret it later. Right. Cause we might feel quite uh, full or bloated or whatever. So I just listen to, I don't, I'm really used to listening to what my, what my body wants. And I think that for, for people who, who might be new to this, it's, it's kind of like a game, you know, you, you can just, yeah, totally make it a game. I love the idea of the finger down the menu. And also just, you can also ask actually in, in restaurants, if your intuition is saying, you know what, I actually, I don't want any of this. I, I want to just ask them to make me something. A lot of places will do that and you'll get really amazing surprises. I, I have done that before where I've looked at the menu and I've been like, okay, what would make a healthy plate for me? And I might just pick a couple of ingredients and then just ask the waiter, you know, oh, can I have a, can I just have a plate with, I don't know, tomatoes and basil and spinach and, you know, this, that, and the other. And oftentimes Mm. um, the the chef is really happy to do something new. I mean, maybe not on a Saturday night at peak time. If I know that I'm going to go somewhere at peak time, I usually, I might ask in advance or I might not, depending on, again, what my intuition is saying, how I'm feeling on the day. But if, um, if they have time to do it, a lot of people, they, they enjoy doing something a bit different. And then you wind up with a plate that everybody else wants. I've had that happen um, a couple of times. So, yeah. Well, and then another, another trick, if you're eating you know, on a healthy diet and you're going out with friends who are maybe on a different diet that may be less healthy for you, is just eat a, a snack before you go out to dinner with them. You know, have a health, have something that is healthy that your body wants, and then just pick an hors d'oeuvre or, or something that's yeah. the most healthy thing you can find on the menu. But yeah, don't did, kind of plow that. down into a big plate of unhealthy food. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I did that the other day. I just and also I think it's important to eat when we want to eat. Like I don't. I don't really like sticking to meal times and thinking, oh, it's one o'clock. I have to eat because it's one o'clock. I just eat when I'm hungry. Um, I mean, I have normally mm. like, I don't know, two or three meals a day, but for some people, they they need to limit their, their eating to three meals a day because they might go a bit out of control. Otherwise, if they've had past eating issues, for example, that might be something for them that they need to do to nurture themselves. Other people are happier just kind of grazing. So, I think it's really important as well to think about 
yeah, what, what works for you and eat when you want to eat. So my friends now they know, like the other day we went, we went out and I was hungry two hours before. So I ate Let me ask a question there. Yep. Yeah. You said eat when you want to eat, but for many people, how do they, how do we know that our body wants to eat as opposed to our ego is wanting to eat? Well, what I find is that it's really important if you're going to try to to implement this to give your digestion a bit of a break first. So some people might actually do a juice fast for a day or two just to give their digestive system a rest and get out of the habit of constantly eating. Other people might for a couple of days um, decide on three meals a day and that's it, you know, be a bit more rigid with it because then they're kind of making themselves wait until they're really hungry to eat. Cause a lot of times we don't, we don't always wait till we're hungry to eat. We just want to eat. So we eat, you know, we don't even know why we're eating. Um, and in those situations, you can also, before you reach for the food, stop and ask yourself, okay, hang on a minute. Just ask, you know, why do I want this food? And is it because I'm hungry? Is it because, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm a bit upset or whatever. And then at least you're doing it consciously. Even if you still choose to eat the food when you're not hungry, you're doing it consciously rather than letting the food control you, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Uh, and, and you know, maybe you're eating because you have a Pavlonian response to it to being 1 p.m. Yeah, and in your, yeah. in your belief system, you must eat at 1 p.m. Otherwise, you're a naughty girl. Yeah, uh, some of the food um, stuff goes really deep as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then uh, the other common reason for eating is just social reasons. You know, you're with other people, they're eating, so you should eat. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. quite a deep belief to get over that you must, if other people are eating, you must eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very interesting. Yeah. So how would you use what would it take to decide what what to eat? Well, I would say, what would it take to make an amazing meal out of what I've got in the fridge, for example? You know, you open the fridge door and you think, okay, what would it, what would it take to create an amazing oh. meal right now? Yeah. Or what would it take to create an amazing healthy meal spending under ten dollars at the supermarket? Yeah, there's so um, many ways to create, use that. Creative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could be in the produce um, aisle, right? And yeah. What would it take to? Yeah. And, and you might be inspired to do something new yeah. or what would it take to eat a healthy amount today as opposed to overeating if that's yeah. one of your issues? Yeah. You could even do it with new foods. What you would it like... take to... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you could even do it with, with new foods, you know, especially there are often people eat the same foods all the time. So you could be like, what would it take to find a new vegetable today that would be, that I would really enjoy, you know? I love that. Uh, yeah, it'd be um, fun. <laughs> you know, what would it take, what would it take to taste the food 10 times as much today? Because often <laughs> yeah. people's taste buds fade it. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, if you, if you have a, a favorite vegetable or, or fruit or whatever, that's kind of your, your go-to food, you could say, what would it take to make this, I don't know, to, to make this zucchini in a totally different way today? You know, what would it take to make this, make a totally new dish 
from this fruit or vegetable. You could do so much with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to think what, of you now when I'm in the produce. What would it take to... Oh, okay. <laughs> or what would it take to use food to improve my intuition in my business today? Yep. Yep. So another thing you mentioned you do is blessing your food. Okay. Why, how do you do that? And, and why would someone do that to help with their business intuition and their healthiness of their eating? Well, because words and... Well, words are vibration, emotions are vibration, and I mean, everything is vibration, right? Everything's made up of energy. So by, by being happy and, and grateful when you're preparing your food and you're about to eat your food, then your, your food will be more nourishing for you. I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with the importance of experiencing positive emotions when we prepare food you know, like that movie, like water for chocolate, right? I mean, that's, there's a large degree of truth in that. I know for sure that it makes a difference when you are happy and joyful preparing your food, as opposed to upset and stressed. You don't want to be upset and stressed when you're eating, much less preparing food. So, so I, I have, I've seen that movie like water for chocolate. It's a Mexican movie. Yep. Great thing to watch but what for people who haven't seen it you know how how did that work in the movie oh yes it, well in in the movie i mean you know this 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 woman she just pours so much love into her food that when people eat it well when she was feeling particularly particularly loving people would eat that food and feel loving and and when she was upset there's a scene where I think a tear a tear falls into the bread or something and people eat the bread and they start crying. And I mean, it, it's a fantastic movie if uh, for those people that haven't seen it. But like I haven't I haven't cried into my food and had a room full of people that have started crying. But the 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 principle is sound, you know, those emotions are vibrations and they're going into the food. It's it's the same with water when you get people that, you know, that you've got your, your food and your water and you, you bless the food before you eat it. I mean, the tradition of saying grace, right, of, of prayer before we eat. I'm sure that, um, you know, that, that's, another, that's another aspect of basically when you're grateful for your food, it's kind of like you're putting, you're putting that vibration out into the universe so that your food is then able to give you more abundance because it's a two-way street, right? The more abundance and gratitude you put out, the more abundance comes back to you and you know the same with the same with your food so it in some ways blessing the food while you're preparing it and the words you say during it or your state of mind is setting an intention for how you want the food to be to eat oh absolutely yep yep and it goes along with you know cleanliness of the kitchen and and all of that you know if you think about it most of us don't really prepare food in a mess, you know, we, we like to have nice clean surfaces and clean dishes and things like that. And there's a reason for that. It's really important. And that's also not just the words we say and the energy from people who are in the kitchen. So if you had a grumpy person, you were, you were in a good, grateful place preparing the food, but then grumpy people came and hung out in the kitchen while you're preparing it, that could end up in the food. Yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be ideal. Yeah, 
that would not be ideal. I, I haven't I haven't had that happen um, actually. <laughs> um, usually, when I when people come into my kitchen, if they're feeling a bit grumpy, I'll I'll just um, do something to change that grumpiness. You know. Yes. Um, and then also it occurs to me that, you know, rooms have energy and, oh, yes. and as yeah. do, you know, cooking implements, you know, yeah. and if, if you've had, if you cut yourself on a knife and, and were really upset, that energy could stay in the knife and then end yeah. up on, in the carrots that you cut next week with it. Yeah. And the same, if you're in a, in a new kitchen and it's had, you know, someone had a terrible argument or a murder in action, it's going to affect how the food is that you prepare there. Yeah, yeah. So best to clear the energy in any space that you're going to use to clear it. Uh, and oh, the absolutely. same thing in, your, yeah. in our businesses, you know. It, the people who come into our office affect the energy of the work that is done. The yeah. energy of the, the office space and the furniture affects the, how good the work is and how abundant our business is. So, you know, we're talking about food here, but there are much bigger principles at play here. Yeah. And even, even the way that the food is, is served and presented, it's, it's, if you, how can I put it? It's, it's always good to find ways to make the food appear as abundant as possible, if that makes sense. So it's always better to have, in my view anyway, it's better to have a smaller plate that's fuller rather than a big plate with a tiny amount on it. Cause a big plate with a tiny amount is saying lack to your unconscious mind. Whereas a smaller plate mm. that's more bountiful and plentiful, that's telling your unconscious, Oh, you know, I have abundance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then why is it so important to you that you don't talk while you eat? Oh yeah. This is hard to do. In that practice. is really yeah. going to blow some people's mind. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a digestion thing. It's because when we talk, while we eat, we're taking in air. And so the air mixes with the food and we don't digest it as well. So ideally, we would want to have a stimulating, lovely conversation beforehand. And then when we're eating, it's the, it's the mindful, grateful appreciation of the food. You know how when, I mean, it's kind of an instinct when we're eating our instinct isn't necessarily to open our mouths and start talking when our mouths are full of food. Right. Unfortunately, usually we just um, chew and try to swallow really quickly so that we can say something. Whereas actually we should be ideally relaxed and enjoying the food and just, just savoring all the tastes of the food and making it a very, very sensual experience. And then we can talk when the, when the food is done, because you can't put, a lot of air and a lot of food down you at the same time because they just won't mix very well. Yeah. Well, and it, it's hard to focus on the food and how good it tastes and, uh, you know, yeah. setting the intention that it's going to be healthy for you and you're digesting it well and have a conversation at the same time. Oh, totally. Yeah. It would be like trying to talk to, you know, three or four people at the same time and have engaging conversations with each one at once. You just couldn't do it really. And also if, if you put this into practice, you find that you, you eat less because you've got less food that will satisfy you because the food that you've eaten, you've been so satisfied that you won't have as much of a tendency to overeat. Right. And it's much easier to pay attention to how our body 
what he is feeling about the food and whether we're full or not, if we're doing it meditatively in silence versus talking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it takes 30 minutes. Also it's possible. Mm. So you shouldn't eat in a rush because then you'll overeat. Yeah, definitely. Realize you're going to be full. Yeah. but also the content of the conversation, I, I understand some people have dinner parties where it's very uplifting and positive conversation, but I've also been at dinner parties where the conversation can be, you know, gossip or negative yeah. uh, in other ways. Uh, and that can affect the digestion and affect how, how well we, we, how healthy the food is for us, because we're now putting more negative words into it, even if it was prepared with love previously. Yeah, what I do in those situations is I I take a few deep breaths and I I try to isolate myself energetically, if that makes sense. So I I just I just I go very quiet. I don't I don't say anything. I mean, if people are gossiping, I'm not really going to say anything anyway. But but I find that if you if you go really quiet and you relax and you're you're very you think very happy, grateful thoughts. You don't have to say anything at all. You're just thinking happy and grateful thoughts for your food. You can help shift the energy in the room. And even if you can't, even if the people there just aren't aren't receptive to that and they're going to keep doing their thing, at least you won't get drawn into that and you just create your own little bubble, really. I mean, you know, that's, I think of that as an extreme situation, but I think we all have had those times, yeah, where we've been at a dinner party or something and, you know, maybe the conversation is excruciatingly boring, for example. I've had that, you know, people talk about, I don't know, things that I really have no desire to talk about while I'm eating, especially like politics and things that, you know, people get all upset and enraged. That's the last thing I want around my food. So, yeah, in those moments, it's important to just check in with yourself, first of all, check how you're feeling And if you do find yourself getting swept in a little bit, you know, that's okay. Just kind of like stop and take a couple of silent deep breaths. Nobody has to know what you're, what you're doing. Right. And you can say a a silent blessing to yourself over the food and just kind of be in your own little, own little world for that uh, moment while you're still eating. And then once you're done eating, well, you know, then you, then at least you've nourished your, your body properly. And yeah. So tell us a bit more about, you know, what gratitude rituals you use, you know, when you're going to eat food. Um, Well, I use, I mean, I use gratitude a lot during the day for all kinds of, all kinds of different things. But for example, when I'm preparing the food, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a meditation in motion, I think. So even when I'm, chopping the vegetables. I might be like, oh, thank you for this, this gorgeous pepper. In fact, I had somebody bring me a box of organic veg the other day. We were doing some, some filming. And <laughs> I think he was almost laughing at me because I immediately picked up the tomatoes and I was like, whoa, because they smelled so good. They smelled actually like tomatoes. And you know, I didn't even have to think about it. I just took this big whiff and I was very grateful that you know I got to have tomatoes that smelled like tomatoes. And so it's more of a in the moment appreciation for what's in front of me and also the colors, which is quite easy to do, especially with, you know, uncooked um, fruit and vegetables and things. 
the food that you prepare is very colorful. So it's, um, which is important from a nutritional perspective, but also it's very pleasing to the eye. So um, that's another way that you can, you know, feel grateful for, for all the colors and the crispness of the food and the texture as well, because I think that food is as much about texture as it is about taste. So, you know, being grateful also to be able to, to, to have the space to, to prepare that food and to be able to eat food that's, that's, you know, really healthy and good for you because um, not everybody has the same access to fresh food. And, and for me, it's also an appreciation that these plants and, and animals, you know, are basically died in order to feed us. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's, to me, it's important how those plants and animals were raised and how they were killed. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, one of the things that I tell people, one of the biggest, biggest things you can do to help your intuition is to eat organic because... I mean, chemicals just clog all of our bodies, like physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, they, they, they clog our physical body. So it makes total sense that they would clog all the other bodies as well. And pesticides in particular, those just block intuition. So it's useful to avoid those whenever possible, not only for your intuition, but even just for your health and particularly for your brain health. And, you know, if we want to be performing at our best in business and our most creative, happy, vibrant selves, pesticides aren't really part of that picture. So, and same thing with pesticides are are poisons. They're poison. Yeah. They're designed to poison. They're designed to poison insects, but unfortunately they also poison other things like humans. Yeah. 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 Or, or honeybees as well, as some people believe that the reason the number of bees has declined dramatically is because they've croaked from too much pesticide. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And animals, it's, it's just got a huge, a huge impact. So, so yeah. And um, also, yeah, sorry. And, and, you know, there's a, we get a regular amount of pesticide on most fruit and vegetable and there are other chemicals that go into animal protein. Um, but if you ever, you know, look at farm workers who work with pesticides, first of all, they wear these biohazard suits when they're applying the pesticide to the field, which if it was safe, do you think they would be wearing that? And secondly, it's pretty common that farm farm workers have terrible diseases because they get accidental contact with those pesticides. So pesticides are really not safe. (laughs) No, it's, it's, and it's, Um, it's awful that they're still used, but hopefully that will change one day. So if you want to avoid pesticide, you know, what's, what's the best way to, to avoid it? So the, the best way is to eat organic whenever possible, but also try to find some, some, well, try to find some farmers markets near you that don't necessarily have the organic certification, but the food is organic. There's a lot of places like that, actually getting organic certification can be really difficult and for example, I know one farm in particular out where, where I live, where their food is all organic, there's no pesticides at all. And the only reason they can't get organic certification is because they're right next door to a huge, massive farm that sprays pesticides all over everything. So technically this other farm, yeah, can't get the certification, even though their food is, is clean. So there are a lot of places like that, which mean that 
you you know you don't necessarily have to pay top price um, but if you can't get organic if that's quite difficult there are foods that aren't too affected by pesticides i want to say basically the higher the water content in the food and the thinner the skin the more affected it is by pesticides so one of the worst foods you can eat that's not organic would be strawberries blueberries but especially strawberries those are just like a pesticide cocktail if they're if they're not organic, unfortunately, because well, because they have so much water and the pesticides go into the water, and so the fruit or vegetable absorbs the water. Cucumber, same story. Cucumber is like ninety eight percent water or something. Celery, same thing. Loads and loads of water in there, and so if if they have been uh, grown with pesticides, loads and loads of pesticides as well. However, other things like it's funny because you mentioned bananas. Bananas are one of those fruits where you don't really need to get them organic because apparently the pesticides just don't, they don't go into the actual fruit. Their skin is so thick. They just, they just don't go in. Uh, watermelons on the other hand, very high water content again. So better to get those organic. Um, um, other things. Uh, yeah. Similarly, any root vegetable, the pesticide, if it was applied, went on the leaves and not onto the roots. So there's less pesticide in the exactly, roots, like carrots, yeah. potatoes. Yeah, 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 onions, stuff like that. It's not really that big a deal if they're not if they're not organic. So I would start with the the ones that are the most you know the most um, the most affected, and then you know if you do have whatever veg you you have. Um, Obviously, you can you know you can wash it and things, and there are, I don't know sprays you can get. I don't use sprays to take off pesticides. I just think it's more weird stuff put on my food. So I just use a couple of drops of vinegar in some water. Uh, that's particularly important actually for greens, so spinach and kale and things like that. Especially spinach because spinach can have little um, what do you call it? Well, little little creatures in there. So you want to wash the spinach really well. Um, but a bit of vinegar uh, and water does wonders. And and the other thing you can do is peel the the fruit or the vegetable. Yeah. You know, uh, though ironically, most of the nutrient is often in the peel. Like with the yeah, apple. apples, for example, um, you really want to eat the peel because it's yeah, most of the nutrients are but, in there. But yeah. if you, if you're stuck with a perfect supermarket pesticided apple, yeah, and you're going to eat it. Better to peel it. Better to peel it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the other thing that occurs to me is, you know, if you can grow some food yourself, whether it's tomatoes or some herbs on a windowsill, yep. you can guarantee that the, the soil is healthy and you didn't put any pesticides on them. And it's probably yep. a whole lot better than what you can buy. Yeah. Um, and then there's that deal, I forget what they call it, where you agree with a farm that's, you know, healthy and organic that uh, you'll buy a box of fruit and veg from them every week and you pay a certain yeah. amount a week over the whole growing season uh-huh. and that can give you a, a wide variety of really healthy uh, food yeah and there's then, also box schemes as well that people do in communities you know they pull together and get big boxes of food and then farmers markets generally are good and then the, yeah. the fourth down that list would be buying organic stuff at a supermarket but sometimes yeah. things labeled organic really aren't quite as good as you might hope they would be because yeah. big farms sometimes twist those regulations around or or even if it was organic it was shipped all the way across the country or from yeah. another country and and the further food is shipped the the more it suffers nutritionally and healthily yeah. For sure. A lot of times your best 
having frozen foods actually, because if they're, if they're frozen quickly, they've got more nutrients than the food that's been sitting around for a while. I mean, I tell people to do the best they can, you know, because I don't think that, I don't think it's worth getting too stressed about this kind of thing. And I think that, you know, you're, you're better off eating some, eating a salad made with non-organic vegetables that is, you know, filled with love and blessed rather than a, super clean, organic something or other, and you're filled with, I don't know, resentment, other emotions like that, well, that's not going to feed you any better, you know? Yeah. And that comes back to the earlier point. You know, if you're going to eat an ice cream for whatever reason, you know, whether it's celebrating something or you're emotionally upset and you just decide you want one, eat it from a sense of love and gratitude, not from a sense of guilt and, and feeling bad and Person. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole school of thought that says that if you if you were to, I mean, this is like really extreme, but they say that you know if you were to, I don't know, you're better off eating a eating a hamburger with love and joy than you are eating a um, a raw vegan something or other, you know, salad or pasta or whatever it is, feeling all compressed and constrained and you know, angry at the world kind of situation. So our emotions are so powerful. Um, Also, you know, I I find that how the plants and animals were raised and how they were killed. uh, Yeah. Yeah. What I always tell people is, you know, if you're going to, I mean, overall, the best best foods that you want to be eating for, for your intuition are uncooked fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, sprouts, things like that. But if you, if you do eat meat, then at least, yeah, at least get organic free range because you don't want to absorb the vibrations of an animal that's been kept in stressful conditions because their emotions of, of fear go into their, go into their flesh. Like just like us, right? Emotions produce chemicals. They produce chemicals in the brain. They produce chemicals throughout our body. So same thing for an animal. And so you don't want to eat their fear and yeah. And also how they were killed because, you know, they could be killed quickly or they could go into a factory process where, you know, they they see their fellow animals being killed and they they themselves, you know, the killing is screwed up and they die over a long period of time in agony. And that goes into the meat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can test those those, um, uh, chemicals in the meat. Yeah. uh, you can do a taste test as well. They don't, they don't taste yeah. the same. Right. So right. Makes a big difference. And the, I believe the same is true of plants. If they are yeah. effectively tortured as they are yeah. harvested yeah. and not treated with respect and gratitude, yeah. uh, they don't taste as good either. So yeah, There's a wonderful book. I, f- I forget who the author is, but it's an old book now, but it's called The Secret Life of Plants. And it, it talks about... Um, it talks about plants reactions to, to people and everything. They did this fascinating experiment where they, the, the guy that was growing all these plants, he hooked up, I guess you'd call them like electrodes to the plants so that he could, he could measure um, kind of like EEG, you know, waves and stuff. He could measure the, the vibrations in the plants and the plants normally would have quite a steady, steady vibration throughout the day. But if you if you went toward if you go towards a plant with the intention of picking it or cutting the leaves, the plant will put itself into a kind of how could I explain it a kind of numbing thing. It will just like numb itself if you like, and the vibrations will just 
stop like the needle you'll get this like straight line it's almost like the plant you know prepares itself to to be picked and well, there was and, this- uh, and what was interesting it, you know if if he lit a match and burnt one of the plant's leaves you know this ecg graph yeah. would go off the scale but yeah. if he even thought about yeah. lighting a match and burning not that plant but the plant next door yeah the first plant ECG would go off the scale. So it's very interesting that, you know, the, the plants pick this vibration up. Yeah, my favorite bit of that of that book actually was when this woman comes to to visit. She wanted to visit his 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 plants and he didn't really know any know much about her. And she walked in the door and all the plants immediately just went numb. Like all the needles just stopped. And so she walked around and she was like, what's going on? I thought you were going to show me the reactions of these plants and everything. I don't see anything. And he's like, I don't understand it. Nothing's happening. This has never happened before. She leaves. And then he finds out later that what she does is she picks plants and then like dries them out in ovens and stuff like that. So she's constantly killing plants. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just, I find that's just incredible, right? It's yeah, like they knew, they felt right. her emotion, and they just numbed themselves, you know. So, yeah. So, speaking of emotions, um, you know, we're talking about eating clean, eating vegetarian or eating raw food. We're, raw food meaning uncooked fruits and vegetables, typically, although they yeah. might be warmed up uh, yeah. to make them taste better. Yeah, uh, and I've eaten raw food that you've made, Barbara, and it's amazingly tasty. Uh, and sometimes it even looks like traditional cooked or animal food. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be boring or anything. But one of the things that can happen if you start eating clean uh, is old emotions come up. Uh, and can yep. you tell us a bit about that and, and why you need to look out for it? Yeah, people don't people don't really talk about this very much in the whole, you know, raw food slash clean eating world. But when you start to eat cleaner and you're clearing out your physical body and you're also clearing out your mental body, your emotional body. So what you find over time is that any sort of unresolved patterns or unconscious beliefs or life situations that need to be changed they tend to just rise up to the surface. It's almost like if you imagine a big pot and it's got like stuck stuff on the bottom, which is all our old patterns, things we've picked up from childhood, stuff like that. And you start eating clean. It's like someone's taken a Brillo pad and they've started to scrub the bottom of the pan, you know? And so all that gunk is going to start coming up to the surface. You can get rid of it. And it can be quite overwhelming because the, the cleaner you eat for, for longer, the more this stuff will come up. And so, for example, you might realize, oh my goodness, I'm actually not in the right relationship, let's say, you know. I mean, it's, that's what happened to me. Some quite big, quite big things can come up and, and not everybody is ready to transmute everything quite so quickly. So what you find is people will go through a a clean eating phase for quite a while. And then maybe they might have, I don't know, a divorce or some, somebody dies, you know, they have some major thing happen in their lives. And then they find themselves eating a bit more cooked food to cope with the emotions because you just, you, you feel things more keenly. So that has a good side and then a challenging side, you know, the good side is yes, you're more connected to your intuition and all of that. 
But the flip side is you're much more aware of anything negative or within you that really needs cleaning out. So you can, you can kind of like use food in that sense to either speed things up or slow things down. Sometimes what I've done in the past is I, I would start eating, I don't know, like rice or potatoes or anything starchy tends to just sort of slow things down. Um, dairy slows things down massively. That's why you get people who, if they're feeling a bit upset, they might reach for like sugar or cheese and, or bread. Those are foods that deaden or, the emotions. Or even, even better, toasted uh, cheese on toast with sugar sprinkled on top. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was like the, the ultimate, right? But, you know, th- those, those foods, that, that desire to reach for that food comes from the fact that that food will dampen that emotion. And so sometimes that's what we feel we need, you know? So nothing wrong with that, right? If you, at least if you know why you're doing it, then you're so using we, the food as a tool. And, and, and this can affect our business too. We might notice yeah. things in our business that weren't working as well, but we, we'd yeah. been oblivious to it when we hadn't been eating clean. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's actually really useful for that. You know, if, if you're wondering, oh, there's, you know, I don't quite know what's not going so well with my business. If you start eating, eating cleaner and fasting once a week, for example, and doing, doing things to just clear out your body, that will really, really help you get more clarity in your business and what you need to do next. Yeah. I, I mean, I've talked to a number, number of people in case study videos and, uh, you know, in coaching sessions who don't have clarity about what to do next in their business or how to attract the right clients to them. So I, I think that's an interesting idea that one approach is is to eat clean for a few weeks or fast for a few days and yeah. get extra clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I've been eating what I call a, a five one one diet which uh, is one day of fasting, one day of eating anything and five days of eating raw um, for more than a year now. And I I find that for me gives a nice balance between, um, you know, eating healthy and having clarity, but not feeling deprived. Yeah. Um, And the fasting, I, for me, it gives me emotional clarity you know, because I, I can't yeah. reach for the food to dull out the emotions that come up. So I need to process them mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and also the food, the next day, the food tastes way better. It's like my taste buds are being cleaned out. And Yes, I love that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yes. And then also, I mean, I'm, I typically fast one day a week, um, but I've also fasted up to 10 days. And, and, you know, humans can fast for 30 days with no ill effects. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, if, if we evolve from hunter-gatherers, they didn't necessarily eat every day, you know. It's not like right. we had lunch at 1 p.m. on the dot yeah. because that's when the gazelle yeah. had to come across <laughs> the plane. You know, they might not yeah. eat for a day or two. And human bodies are designed to be able to not eat for several yeah. days and have no ill effect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a good idea to drink lots of water because you may be detoxing a lot of stuff. Anyway, the amazing thing to me when I first started fasting is that the pooping keeps on coming out. You know, it's like, where's yes. stuff coming from? <laughs> yep. And you're clearing stuff out, you know. Yeah. And yeah. 
uh, I know we're talking about food, but you know, I've also found uh, colonic irrigation helps with my digestion and yeah. and eating habits. Um, I know when I went, I went through a sequence of ten colonic hydro. Uh, Irrigation, yep. Irrigation sessions. And and basically that's warm water washing out old caked on poop out of your colon. Yep. Yep. Um, just in case anyone's never checked that. And the the first few times I did it, all these old emotions came out. It's like wow. I've been storing all this old stuff in the muscles of my intestines. And intestine is not just like a hose pipe, if you've never studied anatomy. It's like an enormous surface area because it has to absorb all the nutrients. And yeah. it has a lot of crinkly crevices and things, and things can get stuck in there. Oh, yeah. And, it's like um, the length of a football field. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, those people who are sensitive may not want to listen to the next sentence, but um, <laughs> you, you get a, you know, as you're letting this stuff out, the one I went to, there was a little transparent pipe that you could see the stuff coming out. And usually my poop's kind of this light brown. And there was this dark, tarry, yucky stuff coming out. And that's I'm like, where old the stuff. heck? Yeah, that's <laughs> stuff that's been there for a long time. Yeah. And there was one other patient who, the same place, she had this rainbow-colored thing come oh out. Oh, God. And she couldn't figure <laughs> it out, you know. Uh-oh. And finally, she remembered. And she was like 50 years old. And she remembered when she was seven, she ate a whole box of Crayola, Crayola crayons, <gasps> wax crayons. And they had been in her intestine for 40 years, and wow. had, as had the other things that had been in there. And so anyway, coming back to the food aspect, after I'd done this, the food tasted better. And instead of me having to take a big plate of food to feel satisfied, I could eat half a plate of food and be satisfied. And my weight went down, my skin improved, and my intuition improved. So just just another way, and looking at eating from the other end, you know, sometimes it helps to clean stuff up. Well, it helps to, I mean, it helps for two reasons. It helps because, I mean, that's actually quite, quite crucial, really. I love colonic irrigations. They're just magical. They are so, so, so good for you. And they're, they're actually essential if anybody does any kind of detoxing, because if you change your eating habits radically and you don't do that kind of, that kind of cleansing, or at least an enema at the very least, then often what happens is you're releasing a lot of toxins in in one go. It depends how how bad your eating habits were before. But for somebody who, let's say, had really bad eating habits before, and then they're like, right, I'm cleaning things up, they will definitely need some kind of colonic irrigation because otherwise the body can't get rid of those toxins fast enough. And then the toxins just go into the bloodstream and they just go around and around the body. And oh, you really don't want that. But also you were, you mentioned that you were satisfied with less food because you know, the other really important thing is by cleaning out the colon, the colon can then absorb the nutrients, more of the nutrients from the food that you're eating. So that's why you're satisfied with less food. And that's why then it's much easier to, to control your weight, for example, because you don't have to eat, you know, fill your stuff. Yeah. Fill yourself with stuff because you're not absorbing the nutrients. Right. Because the, the colon has this great surface area, but if it's caked with old, toxins and goop and you know it can't absorb stuff so easy so you have to eat more to get the same amount of nutrient yeah Um, and also you know many of us have like a uh, not a beer belly but you know they have some bloating in the belly area often that is caked on goop stuck in the intestines that hasn't been cleaned out 
Yeah, so, and the body absorbs, like, holds on to water to protect our organs in, in that mm-hmm. situation, you know? So people say, oh, I have this, you know, fat stomach or whatever. What, what I do, like, if you've got somebody that, let's say you've got somebody that really wants to they're feeling overweight and they, and they look in the mirror and they, they feel frustrated with their body or even like, you know, people take their stomachs and they're like, Oh, I want to get rid of you. On the contrary, it's showing gratitude and love and appreciation for your stomach. That's protecting you by holding on to the water and protecting your organs and all the rest of it. And by showing gratitude towards your stomach, you can even um, lose weight like that because that gratitude and and love and abundance that's that's affecting your the cells of your body too well the other thing i've seen as people grow their intuitive and psychic skills and clean up their chakras is um often people hold on to extra weight because they're trying to protect their energy from energy vampires that are around them and when they learn skills to shield themselves energetically they suddenly drop pounds and pounds of weight uh that they've been holding on to so yeah, that makes very total sense, especially the the stomach being like the power center, right? So people who feel powerless can very often have extra weight in that area. Yep, absolutely. So, so you mentioned earlier, you know, not talking while you eat, but what about having emotions before you eat or, or during eating? It, does, is being angry or sad, uh, uh, you know, something that. dangerous? Well, it will just inhibit digestion, really. You won't digest the food as well. So mm. the happier and calmer you are, the better you'll digest your food. So what I found as a practice is, you know, often I want to eat comfort foods when I'm having strong emotions. Yeah. You know, I'll reach for the potato chips or the ice cream or the French fries or whatever. And, and there's something to that. You were saying how, you know, those kind of foods do damp down emotions. Yeah. Um, but what I do now is... I may still choose to eat those foods, but first I do something. I either do EFT tapping or bring some light in or whatever I need. I'll do some deep breathing or moving to move that emotion. So I, I clear the emotion first. Then I re-decide, do I really want to eat this food? And if I do, yeah. I go eat it. But oh, yeah. I, at least I'm not eating it to cover up the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find over time that you get less and less, you know, that kind of thing happens less and less, or at least you you get into, you're able to clear those emotions faster and faster. And, and yeah, over time, normally you don't quite want those foods as often, you know, still come up. We still want them, but, but not as often. Yeah. The the other thing I think can be important is talking to your body organs, talking to your stomach, talk to your intestines, and also talk to the bacteria that live in our intestines. You know, I mean, human beings are amazing. We have 60 trillion cells that make yeah. up our body, but there are 10 times as many bacteria, healthy bacteria that live in our gut. There are 600 trillion bacteria in a typ- typical human uh, yeah. gut. And they're the ones who are really doing the digesting. Um, oh, yes. And so, but, and you can talk to them, you know, and yeah. if, if I have an upset belly because the bacteria are having a party down there and I'm really paying attention to me. I'll just say, Hey guys, you know, it's fine for you to be in my body. It's fine for you to have a little party, but just keep the noise down because I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then I feel better. So yeah. um, it, it's amazing. And, and also you can take probiotics. If your bacteria are a bit off or you've been taking antibiotics and killed off all the bacteria, 
you can get yogurt or you can get pills that have bacteria in that will put healthier bacteria back into your digestive system. And that can really help. Yeah. One of the best ways to do that is any kind of fermented food. So things like kimchi or pickled cabbage, or uh, I make something called rejuvelac, which is with wheat sprouts. You know, you, you buy like wheat grains, the whole wheat grains, and then you let them sprout and then you, you put them in water and you leave them in water for like two or three days, you give it a bit of stir and then they, they ferment and it makes a really sweet drink. It's a bit like, a bit like water that's been sweetened with a bit of maple syrup and you drink that. And Oh my goodness, your whole intestine just goes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so fermented foods are really good too. Yeah. yeah. Really important actually. And you know, we talk about getting gut feelings from our intuition. You know, there yeah. literally are more nerve receptors in our intestines than there are in our brains. And, yeah, it's, and it's, if you've ever looked at the um, antidepressant bottles, uh, hopefully you don't have to take antidepressants, but if you ever read no. them, <laughs> they say not only can weird things happen in your brain, but it may mess up your digestion. And the reason is antidepressants attach to those receptors in the gut as as well or better than they do in the brain. Yeah. And that, you know, those bacteria are actually part of what is called our belly brain. Um, yeah. So yeah. taking care of them and having healthy bacteria there and letting go the unhealthy bacteria and, and also the parasites, because let's face it, uh, more than 50% of people in Western nations have parasites in their guts. Yeah. Um, it's just very common, you know, little, they're like amoebas or other little critters in there. Um, not necessarily tapeworms, but smaller things. No, no, no. Yeah. And when you do a, a, a you know, eat healthy or, you know, cut out the sugar, because often I find when I have an urge to eat something quotes, you know, bad, like a sugary thing, it's not even me who wants to eat it. It's some parasite in my gut who wants to eat it. And it's, secreting things into my body saying, eat the sugar, eat the sugar. Yep. That's particularly important if, if you've got uh, candida and I've got a, a colon hydrotherapist who she, she sees that in people, you know, she sees right away if they've got candida. And one of my friends, he had, he really struggled with sugar cravings and it turned out that that was why. And when he had some, some colon hydrotherapy, it got rid of the candida and then the sugar cravings just disappeared. And he was just blown away, you know? Because as you say, I, it wasn't even him craving the sugar. Yeah. And and also spiritually speaking, you know, we talk about, you know, there are physical parasites, but also there are energetic parasites. You know, there are spiritual entities that a lot of people have attached yeah. to them that are sucking their energy. And yeah. they also can lead to cravings. You know, you must eat sugar or you must drink alcohol or you must take cocaine or, or whatever the thing is. So not only physically cleansing yourself, but clearing out any entities that are attached to you. You know, I write about that a bit in the, my book, yeah. Intuitive Leadership Mastery. And also cutting cords that you have with other people. Because, yeah. you know, when you have a cord with someone, that can call, cause your eating to be and digestion to be messed up, particularly if the cords attach to your uh, stomach area, which many are, particularly if abuse was involved in attaching mm. the cord. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, some of these, some of these, like, things like sugar, you, you mentioned sugar, and that's one of the things actually, that's probably one of the worst things that you can eat if you want to have any kind of intuitive connection, you know, because I mean, sugar, it, it not only strips the body of vitamins and minerals and, and enzymes as well. Um, but 
it weakens our aura. So if you've got anybody that, that sees auras, for example, you can do this experiment, you know, have them look at your aura before and after you've, I don't know, eaten some kind of sugary snack and, and they'll see a difference because it, it weakens it and it weakens our resistance to, as you say, to, to, you know, well, it weakens our resistance on many levels. It weakens our resistance to other entities, but also to disease. So mm. Yeah, that's that's quite a big one to, and, to avoid. And actually, look at the typical office, Barbara. What are the yeah. snacks that are available there? Donuts, cookies, sugar yeah. in the coffee and tea. Yeah, um, you know, it's and it's so designed. easy to do alternatives, but yeah, yeah I mean, you know. could have carrot sticks or celery sticks in the in the fridge or fruit. I used to have a fruit when I had an office before I went to a virtual setup. We used to have a fruit bowl and we'd buy fruit every week. You know, one of the admin people would go to the organic supermarket and pick up some fruit to share in the office. Yeah. And yeah, then even things like grapes. And people wanted a snack, they could get that instead of something unhealthy. Yep. Even if it's, you know, things that are things that are very sweet or naturally sweet, like, you know, dates and raisins and things like that, those are those are so much better. Or some of my some of my energy bowls actually, or my my raw chocolate brownies. That's what that's what I like to have. Um, but there, there's yeah. so many alternatives that are easy to make. You know, that kind of it frustrates me sometimes when I think you know if people only knew it's just really easy habits to get into um, that make all the difference. Well, and, you know, and I you know I mean partly this is not being conscious of of what in our yeah. what having in our office what? affects us and our staff. But it, it probably also is, you know, the energy can get pretty heavy in office in an office, particularly if there's a lot of office politics or drama going on. People yeah. probably want to be eating sugar just to damp down that negative energy that's going yes, on. Yes, and especially if people don't want to be there, if they're in a job that they don't like. I mean, pooh, you know, that's that's if they were to start to eat healthier, they would realize especially if especially people who are who are in a job or an office environment where they've learned to kind of accept it. If they start eating more cleanly, they're going to start to feel the need to move, you know, because they're going to be listening to their their soul, if you like. Their higher self is going to be like, you really don't want to be here. You want to look for something else. And, and then and it becomes that, a question of... Yeah, and that's not just for employees. That can apply no. to entrepreneurs too. If, if you're yeah. an entrepreneur and you start eating cleaner and healthier you may notice stuff about your business that you just don't like any, anymore or you didn't yeah. like before, but you didn't notice it. And it yeah, needs to exactly, be cleaned yeah. up too. Yeah. So. And then it's your choice as to, you know, are you going to take responsibility and clean it up or are you going to dampen things down and just, you know, have some more, have some more sugar and coffee, you know. Or, and or alcohol, which is the other common dampening thing that people use yeah. to, to cover up their emotions and their intuition. Yeah. So. I mean, even things like artificial flavors and sweeteners and all of that, all, all of the additives as well, like they really, they block intuition too. So they have no place on anybody's plate really um you know and things like ready meals and stuff i mean you know as we were saying like nobody's perfect and there's going to be times when we're going to want some of this stuff but at least if we know what to avoid i think it can it can make a really big difference yeah i I had an amazing podcast interview with anna wickham and her intuition and the abundance in her, her business blossomed um when she decided to stop drinking alcohol for a year and, wow. Um, yeah. And, and I can just see that the same with you, Barbara, you know, just deciding to eat healthy food, you know, what our body wants, whether that's raw food or, 
or, or whatever your body's saying can just make yeah. an incredible difference in the profitability and the joy in our business. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that, that, that's what, that's what, well, that's basically how I cured uh, my own clinical depression. And it's amazing because there's no way, no way I could have run a business being depressed. There's no way. Yeah, Absolutely you can't no have, way. where's the energy to do anything, you know? <laughs> it's not, you know, I mean, if you, if you can't even get out of bed, you know, if you can't even be motivated to do anything, how are you going to, and also, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is, it can be, I mean, I love it, but it can be super challenging, right? So it's, it's, it's like a personal development journey in itself already. So, you know, you don't really need any adding stress or anything to, you know, make things harder than they, you know, than they would be. Well, and, and, you know, often our relationships are affected by this too. And what yeah. occurs to me is a question for our listeners, you know, what is the relationship you have with your food? Yeah. You know, I, is it a loving relationship? Do you love the food? Does the food love you? Is it abusive? Yeah. Um, you know, how are you relating with food? And that may echo previous relationships you had in, in childhood with other humans how you relate with food now. And a very common thing that happens with food, and, and this is the stereotype in Italian families, is food is used to demonstrate love. Well, that's what I was going to say. Exactly, yeah. And so it's about finding, from, from what I think is it's about, it's about people finding other ways to demonstrate love through food. You can still demonstrate love through food, but, but in a way that's, you know, that's, that's, that's better for everybody. So... Yeah. So that would mean, you know, you don't have to eat three helpings to prove to your mother that you love her. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you don't have to eat heavy food that makes you sleepy and is yeah. toxifying to your body to prove that you're loved. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to eat a bunch of sugar to show that you're, you're worthy of love. That's right. You can, you know, you can, and if you're going to give somebody, this is what I do. Like if I'm going to give somebody, you know, cookies and stuff, well, I make them with dates, you know, and then they still get cookies. Like in my house, we have to have things like that. We have to have cookies, brownies, tortilla chips and all that, but I make them with, you know, super healthy foods. So, so they might be kale chips, for example, where you yeah, dehydrate yeah. kale and make it into yep. chips. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. you get that crunchy, salty taste, but it's a health yeah. done in a healthy way. Well, one of the things I, you know I want to share is that um, you know I used to be pretty strict about how I ate if I was eating vegetarian or vegan or raw or, or um, what's that diet where you pretend you're a caveman? Um, oh, paleo. <laughs> paleo. Yeah. Um, and and I didn't feel so good about it. And now what I do is. I notice how I feel emotionally before I eat. And I do that thing, you know, either tapping or some other clearing to get clear the emotions out instead of just reaching for food. Mm -hmm. And then if I eat something, quotes naughty, you know, whether it's a pork chop or ice cream or whatever, you know, I, I notice why I'm wanting to eat it. Is my body saying it's got something missing and it really needs that piece of pork chop? And I notice during my meeting, you know, did I just need one mouthful of pork chop and now I'm, my body's happy? And I've had that experience in a restaurant. I went to a great restaurant. I, I wanted a pork chop. My body, you know, I tested my intuition. What do my intuition <laughs> wants? What's this? And it really wanted just one mouthful. Okay. Yeah. And then when I was eating the rest of it, it's like, oh, do I have to eat this? You know, my body was saying this. My ego was saying, wow, pork chop, pork chop. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, pork chop means love. My mother used to make pork chops for me when oh. she, you know, so this equals love. Yeah. But my body was like, uh, we've had enough. Thank you. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then I did eat, I did eat the whole thing because I probably had a belief that hungry children in Africa will be suffering if I don't eat everything on the plate. Yeah. Um, I had that in my house to too. Tell me. My mom um, told me the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I noticed how I feel after I eat the food because usually when I eat, pork if i eat you know more than a mouthful of it or if my body doesn't really want to eat it i feel so tired and lethargic and the same thing with ice cream you know i get that high i go way up and then i'm way down i get that sugar blue crash so i'm not trying to make eating certain foods bad or good i'm just noticing how do how do i feel while i eat it how do i feel after i eat it and then just Note it, you know, maybe even journal that information if I'm really focused on my eating. So I can see patterns here. Oh, when I'm sad, I tend to reach for this kind of food. When I'm uh, had a bad business meeting, I tend to do this, you know, or whatever the, the thing is. Or the other way around, I eat something, you know, I eat raw fruit and nuts for breakfast, and then I have a really powerful, energized morning getting a lot of tasks done and I'm not distracted. Yeah. I think that brings up a really, yeah, really important point because people can, some people can get so militant about the different kinds of food and it just makes me want to scream. It's just so unnecessary and it's very divisive, you know, like when people are saying, oh, you're like, how, how dare you eat? How dare you eat meat? And you're killing animals. And, da, da, da. and my thing is like, well, you have to do what feels right to you. Right. So it's just, it's exactly what you're saying. I think that if you, it's very freeing to kind of let the whole dogma go, you know, and just be like, body, what do you want? Because you're, you're trusting your higher self as well, right? You're really putting your trust in nothing and no one else except for your own higher self, which will guide your intuition, which will guide you to the perfect food for you, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that, and, and in that moment, you know, one day yeah. I might want to eat just lettuce sprinkled yep. with some herbs. Another day yep. I might you know, my body may say, yeah, we want uh, a little piece of hamburger or we want oranges or we don't want to eat at all today. You know, that's that's what kids do. If you watch little kids, they're so much more in tune with, with their, with their desires and their needs. Like, you know, little, little tiny kids, you know, sometimes they just, they won't eat for, you know, for a while. And then the parents are like, Oh, they need to eat. They need to eat. Well, actually, no, they don't, you know, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They go days without eating. I mean, it's it's good idea to drink lots of water, yeah, but you don't need to do that. So, speaking of water, I, a lot of people in offices have plastic water bottles. Is that not good for the intuition, or and why? Well, the problem with yeah, the problem with plastic, and I'm I'm sure that a lot of listeners will have heard about you know BPA bottles and stuff like that, which that's what I use. The thing with plastic is that the, the there are substances from the plastic that seep into the water that play with our hormones so Mm. we really don't need any anything else playing with our hormones we have enough challenges with mercury and fish and in water and stuff like that so ideally you want to buy your water in glass which i know most places it's plastic water bottles Mm. and you know what, what i do is i have a bpa free water bottle that i fill up at home we've got we've got filtered water in our house but, um, so yeah, I, I do that, but if I'm out, yeah, I try to get water in glass, but 
sometimes it's just hard to find. It's one of those things where you do the best you can. And I think also that if you've, um, well, ideally, normally, plastic bottles would be left to sit for two years before being filled because it takes two years for all the plastic vapors to dissipate. Two years? Two years, yeah. Wow. And of course, no one does that, right? I mean, who's going who's gonna to leave a warehouse full of plastic bottles for two years, right? Mm. The plastic bottles are made and then the water's put in immediately and, you know, the yeah. plastic seeps into the water. So, yeah. So having a, from- having a glass or metal water container. And, and also, you know, what, when I had an office, office I, used, I had a water filter put in in the kitchen. So people yeah. get it, make their own filtered water, put it into their container or whatever. That's what we've got in my kitchen. Yeah. I mean, metal, metal isn't so good either. And you, you can, you can do this experiment actually. It's, it's, it's kind of gross, but, um, but I've done this where if you have, you can put some water in a, put some water in a plastic bottle, put some in a metal bottle, put this, put the same amount of water in a BPA free bottle. And then, you know, a couple hours later, come back and taste them. You know, you'll see, especially if it's warm out or if there's sunlight, like a plastic bottle in sunlight, that's the worst because mm. the, the heat from the, from the sun makes the plastic seep out even more. I, I have a, a something even worse than water in a plastic bottle in sunlight, <laughs> which is Coca-Cola in a plastic bottle in sunlight. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, that, that's, that's the... What do they say? They say that if you, what is it? You put a spoon in Coca-Cola overnight, you know, and it removes all the tarnish. So you can just imagine what it does to your intestines, right? Yeah. And then the other thing that happens in water in some countries is, you know, fluoride's added to the water. And, uh, you know, some water filters you get can take that out. Um, You know, I I think there's some benefits to sticking fluoride directly on teeth, but not digesting it in water every day. No, not, not in water. Yeah. There is certainly some, Sorry, there's certainly some evidence that fluoride affects your third eye, you know, which is yeah. where many people access their intuition. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm just going to turn on the hashtag, you know, conspiracy rant number 13. Um, <laughs> you know, if you wanted to design a society where people don't have intuition and they, don't, they aren't too creative and they don't question the people who are really in control, why not provide food that's covered in pesticide uh, sell water through in plastic bottles, put fluoride in the tap water, and provide lots of sugary snacks for people continually uh, yep. on the food front. And, exactly. Yep. Um, you would design a society where people's intuition was kept damped down so they weren't so troublesome. Oh, absolutely. I'll yeah. The, I'll turn the rant tag off now. <laughs> no, but I have the I have the same uh, yeah <laughs> same view. S- so I, I just want to wrap this interview up um, with, you know, if you do, if you follow some of this clean eating and you clean out your colon, whether you use colon irrigation or I, I've also used a, if you're not into colon irrigation or you can't get it where you are, there's a, a thing in the States called Blessed Herbs, uh, which is a company and they sell colon cleansing kits that you can clean out your colon that way and the other thing if you're detoxing because you're fasting or you're eating clean going to a sauna and just sweating out the toxins is another way to get the toxins out of your body um, yeah that helps that are, yep. are being dumped but suppose you do all this and now you're like really noticing where your business is not joyful not abundant but you're now super sensitive to energy in fact too sensitive and you you have difficulty being around other people what, what do you do then 
Yeah, well, that's that's what that's what happened to me when I first moved to to Paris. I was I didn't eat meat for years before moving there, and then all of a sudden I was, and I, I had become very sensitive psychically, and then all of a sudden I was in a metro with loads of people around me in quite squashed conditions, and a lot of those people were quite unhappy going to jobs that they hated. So, at that time, what I did was I just started eating a bit of meat, mm. and that just immediately you know dampened things down. So, and what, so what what does a bit mean? Like well, one mouthful the, or seven hamburgers in one go? Or? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this is the thing where it would be important for, for listeners to just ask their intuition, you know, like, what do I need to do right now? What, what, yeah. What would it take right now to just slow things down a little bit? And so for different people, it will be a different answer. It might be, yeah, it might be just a mouthful of steak. It might be one hamburger. It might be... It might be a baked potato because, as I said, all the starchy things are quite good. Rice is another good one. It might be a bit of cheese. Those are the top ones that come to to my mind because it tends to be like it tends to be dairy, starchy foods and meat or fish. Fish is a lighter way to dampen things down, but you're not dampening them quite as much, if you like, Mm. because fish has a bit of a lighter impact on the psyche than than meat does. And in terms of the meat, like the the lowest meats on the scale, if you like, so the most dampening ones would be would be beef and pork. Things like chicken are are lighter. Mm. So that's what I would do is I would I would just test with a small amount. I would try not to pick foods that are what I call trigger foods. For some people they can't eat just a little bit. Like for me, if I eat a bit of bread, well, it's kind of a slippery slope. So I wouldn't use <laughs> I, I just I have this vision of you on a ski slope made of bread slices and she's bre- <laughs> falling down the slope. Oh no, it was a slippery slope. I only meant to eat one oh, little piece of bread. One. Well, then it's like the next day and the next day, you know, like it's never like, you know, a whole loaf or anything like that, but then it becomes a habit again. Because some foods are more addictive for people than others, you know. For some people, it's cheese. Like if they stop eating cheese for a while, then they're fine. And then if they eat one piece, mm. oh, there they go. Yeah. But but yeah, use your intuition and and see. You know, I always say like do do a small amount and then and then see. Well, it I'm, might be I'm, a glass of red wine actually, because we mentioned mm. alcohol. But if you're gonna mm-hmm. do, if you really feel like you need something alcoholic, let's say, I would say red wine would be your safest best bet energetically because it's you know it actually has some good properties for you it's not as destructive as you know a glass of whiskey or something Mm. yeah because it's less refined Um, yeah it's fermented and yeah you know i i gave up drinking alcohol about nine years ago um for similar reasons to anna that i mentioned in that story earlier um that I wanted to increase my abundance in my business. And I was finding my magical skills didn't work as well when I'd had mm. a glass of wine. But yep. I also had a bit of a drinking problem too. Yeah. Um, but when I did drink, the the hangover I would get did depend on the quality and the, the type of alcohol I drank. And um, cheap red wine was pretty bad. Cheap vodka was not good. Cheap spirits yep. in general were not good. Um, so yeah. there were many different things to notice there if you do choose to drink alcohol and yeah. the other thing talking about grounding you know i when i did yoga teacher training i learned a lot about aravaic cooking and um you know they split foods into three types you know tamasic rajasic and sattvic yeah roughly corresponds to sattvic is like you know lettuce leaves and other things off the top of the plant and 
uh, tamasic is like root vegetables and then rajasic is like sugar, meat, and all those kind of things. So if that appeals to anyone listening, check out Ayurvedic cooking because there's some interesting things there that you can play with. Um, and they classify body, you know, people having different body types. Um, that if you, you know, you have vata, pitta, and uh, whatever the third one is. Oh, um, I, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Um, and people who are very kind of intuitive and psychic tend not to be still grounded and they would be vata type and it you know they have suggestions on what foods to eat so that help with that and help ground you um yeah so there's some some interesting things uh, cooked pulses actually that that's another good grounding good grounding one cooked beans and pulses which don't suit everybody but some people yeah find them quite good yeah yeah. Yep. Well, this has been an amazing conversation about food and intuition, and it's got a lot deeper than perhaps we thought it would. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it flows both ways. You know, the, yeah. our intuition helps us eat healthy food, but the food we eat affects how good our intuition is in our businesses and elsewhere in our life. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's, it's totally a spiral, you know, a, a self feeding thing. So I, I know you have an interesting gift uh, article for everyone listening, and we'll put that URL uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be at your website, rockingrawchef.com. That's right. And I, I also read another article there about foods that can help your brain, which is pretty yeah. important for everyone as an entrepreneur or in business, that their brain is functioning good. And also, I was really excited when you started your podcast. What's the name of your podcast, Barbara? Oh, I'm so excited about my podcast. It's called Clean Food, Dirty Stories. Woo. And yeah, not dirty like sex stories, more dirty like gritty stories. And it's about, it's about, well, real and raw stories from my checkered past combined with food tips, tips on a particular food that might have helped in in that situation, you know? So for example, my latest story coming out for episode four is all about a girlfriend of mine who discovered that she married a felon. And so what food would you give the two policemen who showed up on her doorstep telling her that, you know, she owed like $200,000. Wow. Yeah. Those kinds of stories. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's really, really fun. I, I really enjoy it. And I, I'll be having some stories uh, of other people too shared on there in, in future. So it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, please check out that uh, podcast listeners. Uh, what did you say was clean food? Clean, dirty yeah, stories? Clean, clean food, dirty stories. So you can find that on iTunes uh, or yeah. at rockingrawchef.com. And yep. you can find this podcast at uh, Intuitive Leadership Mastery on iTunes or Stitcher or many other places. And we really appreciate people for subscribing on iTunes, whether or not you consume the podcast through iTunes. The more people that subscribe, the more it shows up on other people's iTunes searches. So that is really helpful. And if you can leave a review on the podcast, uh, that would be helpful too. So thanks so much we love you listening we love i love getting your comments on the show and thanks so much barbara for this amazing uh investigation into food and intuition well thanks so much for having me michael it was really really fun really enjoyed it i hope it helped people get strategies and show notes at intuitive leadership mastery.com 
what would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast.